0: Hi, friends. Welcome back. My guest today is Monica McKenzie, a black female yoga instructor and studio owner living in Hawaii. I came across her Instagram a couple of months ago and instantly connected with her energy, her insights, and her no-nonsense approach to racial justice within the wellness space. We had a great conversation about all things wellness, racial justice, and what it's like to be an expecting mom in the time of Corona. Welcome to the show, Monica.
1: Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Me too. And you are tuning in from beautiful Hawaii.
1: Yes. I'm on the Big Island in Kona. So um, it's it's sunny today. It's nice. We are expecting a hurricane over the weekend, but... For now we're all
0: good. <laughs> oh good. Yeah. I suppose I suppose there's gotta be a downside to even the most beautiful places on Earth.
1: E- yeah, and well and we where we are specifically within the Hawaiian chain where Kona is, it's it's pretty protected. So whenever there's a hurricane, we hardly get it, but there's still a chance.
0: Yeah. Well good. I hope you stay safe and it and it just passes you by.
1: It's twenty twenty. We're prepared
0: for everything at this point. <laughs> That is so true. Um, so for, I've been stalking you on Instagram and, um, reading and taking some of your online classes and just kind of trying to fill on your vibe before we got to meet in person. But for the people who might just be tuning in and learning about you for the first time, tell us a little bit about who are you and what's your mission?
1: Yeah. Well, and so that's such an interesting question because, um, I felt like my mission is, is really forming right now in this time where, where there's weirdness going on everywhere. Um, so I, my name is Monica McKenzie. I am a yoga instructor. I also own a yoga studio here in Kona. I am biracial, black and white. Um, grew up in Oakland, California. Did a brief stint in Chicago, then moved to LA for seven years. And then my husband and I moved here three and a half years ago. And I've had the studio for two, just over two years. But I was thinking like, you know, all those things are, we're, we're in a period now where we're like almost, we've been stripped away of like the, what do you do? And, mm-hmm. and all of that external stuff that we run around doing in our like quote unquote normal life. And I would say that me as a person who I am is just, like a soulful human being. Like I move pretty much in everything I do and every aspect of my life from a place of soul. Mm. Um, I'm quick to reject scenarios, situations, places where I feel like I'm having to compromise that soul piece. And it's it's part of why I moved to Hawaii because when I was a kid, my soul was like, oh my God, this is it. This is life. And Why I rejected working in the corporate world despite not knowing where that was going to take me. But because, um, yoga was for self improvement reasons is why I got into yoga. But, um, that was really a part of speaking to my soul more so than like going to make a lot of money at a corporate job. And then what's happening as of late is I've always been really, I'm also an Aquarius. I've been very much like, revolutionary and like sticking up for the underdog and all about racial equality and and not just racial equality like gender equality equality across the board and I was really interested as a child in like black history and and learning more about my history and that side and so now these things are sort of intersecting as of the last couple months where the yoga and the the equality are kind of yeah, they're intersecting, they're becoming sort of crossing over and becoming one thing. And it's been, I think that is where the mission is. It's, it's where for me, taking the yoga and breaking it down. So it's not asana, which for people who don't do yoga, that's like poses, physical poses. Um, the mission is is off of the mat. It's, it's taking everything that I have learned as a yoga practitioner, as a wellness practitioner, as someone who's into holistic healing and really making that translate outside of of the wellness spaces and within the wellness spaces because there's a lot of of things that could be changed.
0: Right. A lot of work to do. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I would say that was long-winded, but that's sort of what I feel like my mission is, at least at this
0: point in my life. I feel like 2020 is... Like the clarifying fire for many of us that just, you know, it brings, it brings out what needs to bring out. And, you know, many of us, it sounds like you've sort of been preparing for this moment your whole life.
1: I guess so. Yeah. You don't know it until those moments happen, but, um, it's, it's been natural as far as like the unfolding of how everything happened. And I've been calling it's funny. So that 2020, like the year of the floodlight, cause there's just, I think we'll look back on it and, as hard as it has been and as heavy as it has been, there's, it's a necessary calling and awakening. I think that's going to make sense down the line. And nothing's hiding. <laughs> there's no corners to hide,
0: which right. is good. I'm curious. You said you got into yoga for your own development. How did that just take us back in the story a little bit? Like, how was that? Yeah. For you?
1: Um, so I had always, I've always had anxiety. I think part of that's being like highly sensitive and um I had a very privileged childhood in many ways, but I also had a, some significant traumas that went on. And um when I turned 20, it started manifesting in like, well, I'd say like 18 to 20 and it was getting progressively worse. It started manifesting as like debilitating anxiety. I would like wake up trembling and I couldn't figure out how, I was also like drinking a lot back then because it's your early twenties, but Um, you know, college, but I, it was like, I really couldn't function properly in the world without anxiety always being in my brain. And like, how do I fix this? And why isn't it going away? And I saw doctors and they put me on all these medications and I felt numb and it didn't really help the anxiety. It just kind of like tuned me out of my own being. Um, and that felt wrong. And so finally I was like, all right, I cannot keep living like this. Like I'm going to give myself a heart attack at 22 and that's not right. So I was like, I'm going to go to yoga three times a week and just see where that takes me. And I did, I stuck to it. And within like a month of me just like being really diligent about having a yoga practice, I was off the medication and um, was feeling like in line with, I think I was so far away from like that soul place that that is what was causing the anxiety and not that I don't have anxiety now, but I just know how to deal with it better and that I am kind of coming away from that soul place a little bit more and needing to go back to grounding um, when I'm in those spaces. And so that is where I got introduced to yoga and then I kind of fell in love with it. And from that space, I was like, Oh my goodness, everybody should experience this. Who's having a hard time with depression or anxiety or whatever it is. And so um got my teacher training, one of, Three, I've done three teacher trainings at this point, but anyways, that's where it all began for me.
0: I also taught yoga, and I started in New York. I moved to New York right after 9-11 and had a lot of anxiety. Oh yeah, <laughs> understandable. So I up. can relate to a lot of those, a lot of those feelings, and
1: yeah.
0: And then had si- similarly like such a transformation and so much of a coming home to myself that I felt like, oh, I really need to share this. This is a place I want to start from.
1: It's so beautiful. It's amazing what it can what yoga does, really.
0: Yeah. Well, and you said something on your Instagram a couple of weeks ago. I'm not sure the day, but I would love you to talk about, you know, I used, I remember actually when I was teaching, I used to say like, if you can touch your toes, it doesn't make you a nice person. Right. It's, right. this is not about an acrobatic exhibition yeah. of your yoga ability. But you specifically took it another step and talked about the asana, the the physical part of yoga, isn't what we need right now. In the world we're in, in the place we're in, we need those other limbs. So for people who are not versed in the yoga world, there are multiple limbs or segments of the the yoga philosophy. Right. Can you kind of expand on that and how you- Yes.
1: So I think a lot of us get into yoga through a physical- Doorway, right? Myself included. Like you get into it for the physical things, and the physical things take the physical benefits seep into the mental benefits, and it kind of it it explodes from there. And then as you continue in your journey, or not you, but people, I think that I've seen and that I've taught, the yoga takes on a different. It takes on a different shape. It becomes more about meditation and about. About the beings that we are here on earth rather than like the physical postures. And what I have experienced and seen throughout my yoga journey is that we in America, and I think like in the West, have let physical asana take over the entire scope of yoga. And it's become very competitive. It's become very much Especially with Instagram, like, look what I can do, touching my toes to my head and all of this stuff. And what we learn when we do yoga teacher training is that there are other, the tenants, which is satya, truthfulness and, um, ahimsa, which is nonviolence. But that also includes standing up against violence where you see it. It doesn't mean just like being passive entirely. And so what I was kind of speaking to is I was looking, I had a video that kind of went viral because Sean Korn, who's a big yogi, had seen it and reposted it. And I kind of woke up and was like, oh, what the <laughs> hell did I do?
0: But one um, <laughs> thousand people just saw my video. You know? it was kinda,
1: I mean, it's a good thing. And it was all, it was, again, stuff from my soul. So it was fine. But I was like, whoa, that was unexpected. Um But anyways, what I was speaking to in that video was I was getting frustrated because there were Instagram accounts that would promote their yoga all day long, promote this asana all day long, or their retreats in Bali and Costa Rica or whatever, very active vocally. And this George Floyd death happened. And there was like silence on these accounts that it'd be one thing if they were kind of quiet to begin with, but I knew they weren't quiet. And it was people in my own life as well. And I was kind of like, wait a second. We are counting ourselves as wellness practitioners and healers. And the world is literally calling for healing right now. So we need to show up and where is everyone? <laughs> you, you, not that no one was speaking up, but like a lot of people were quiet. And so that's what I was getting into as far as moving away from the asana, which I think we have to do in the wellness space in general and and putting more weight into practicing this outside of a studio or outside of Instagram and into our own lives.
0: Yeah. And you've really used, you're using your platform and you're speaking up against racism, obviously, and also really about, you know, the general whiteness in the wellness world, right? And particularly in the yoga world. Yeah. Where do you think we start with that? I mean, I think what you said, you know, about worse than, not worse than, but similar to silence is this like, good vibes only or, you know, it's it's the buttons. Yeah, like this sort yeah. of, oh, it'll all be fine if we all just visualize it being better, right? Which it yeah. clearly won't.
1: <laughs> no, it won't just be better if we want it to be. Um this is we're I think the world's people who want to do better are reckoning with the fact that there's centuries of systemic racism going on that need to, it needs to change. And so I lived in Playa del Rey, which is in Los Angeles on the West side for like five years. And then I moved to Manhattan beach and I loved this little studio that was there that I went to, but it is so white. Manhattan beach is pretty white. And I do feel like I, I had moments of feeling like the other or uncomfortable and I'm biracial. So I have white privilege within my blackness. And so And they're thinking, like, well, what would someone else feel who doesn't have white privilege within their blackness or who – I also grew up in a white neighborhood, so I speak the way that I do, who doesn't speak the way that I do. Um, And for me to feel like the other, then we have a lot of work to do to include everybody. I'm also slender. I'm skinny, naturally. So, like, my body type can blend into that, that, I guess –
0: Homogenized a look. There's the look, look yeah, yeah, that,
1: that we've been fed and, and upheld in the West for a long time. Um, what can we do? I think the biggest change needs to not only be like to hire Black instructors, cause I was hard pressed to find Black instructors in Los Angeles. And Los Angeles is a metropolitan area. So it's not like we weren't there. We just, you know, we're, we're not the look or, but beyond that is when I would get hired, I would feel like I couldn't really speak authentically in my voice as a black woman. And I know a lot of people feel that way. So, like, t- for, for these studios now to be hiring black instructors to also allow that blackness to exist without trying to edit it or Latinxness, you know, whatever. I speak from black because that's what we're, what we're dealing with a lot right now, but whatever the, or queerness, whatever it is, to not edit it to fit into that mold that makes whiteness comfortable. Um, I think that's where we need to take it further. And I would also love to see more black yoga studio owners, um, which is a whole other ballgame, but, but I would love to see that. There's not.
0: Yeah, there aren't very many
1: no, not many calling the shots and like being able to provide these spaces where, where there's inclusion just inherently there. So,
0: yeah. Well, and in many spaces I know, but I think particularly in the wellness space, that's, you know, it's a, it's a phenomenon that, that can be part of the change.
1: Yeah. and And definitely in many spaces, I think that's why it's harder to stomach that it's, not that way within the wellness world because that's what we are doing and here to do is to be inclusive and it's probably also why there's pushback against it because that's the reality is yoga is a was started from a brown culture
0: Mm -hmm, right appropriated in the first place
1: yes was coveted by whiteness and it's just kind of gone
0: on like that and you have shifted as an online as a sorry as a owner of a studio mm-hmm. who is now in the midst of COVID. You are moving online, and I know you started a YouTube channel. You're expecting your first. I am, Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. How has that been, shifting and Being adapting. pregnant during this time? Both, all of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all of it. Sure, start with that. How well, is it being pregnant? Well. that's...
1: So this baby wasn't technically a COVID baby. I've been pregnant since January, so there wasn't okay. the, there wasn't the lockdown, there wasn't like this the widespread hysteria yet. Um, but it has been a ride. It's definitely been heavy, like very heavy. So yeah, so being pregnant during this time has been really heavy. We have had to change everything that we went into plan wise it's just flatlined so it's been a really big probably the biggest practice in letting go of control and surrendering because this baby is coming regardless of what's going on in the world right now and i think that that's actually purposeful too there's a piece of i think the, the souls who are coming in now also know what they're coming into um on an energy space but it's been a lot because most women go into at least with their firstborn. I don't know. I don't have any more kids, but um, really excited and you're overjoyed and you're you're going to have a baby shower and all this stuff. And it's there's like this big dark cloud of like, oh crap, um, my business is now on the line. My husband is. We've lost our income. We've lost our health care. We're regrouping. We're okay. But what our ducks that were in a row have drifted off. (laughs) They have swam elsewhere. So it's been hard. And I, and I really wanted to, I have about 10 really close friends who are pregnant right now. So I knew I wasn't the only one who was feeling like this. Like, holy crap. What kind of world am I bringing my baby into? And how am I going to do this? And so I started that YouTube channel to provide meditations and to provide yoga practices for prenatal. Um, health because I wasn't seeing a lot even though there was like an explosion of online yoga there wasn't a ton for for pregnancy Um, but then that kind of with how the climate went towards like racial equality I've I've been kind of shifting gears with that as well in our studio my studio the cases in Hawaii um, we had zero for a long time so they allowed things to reopen so we're still doing like physically distanced classes here um, And I think everyone's sort of holding their breath like the rest of the world I've, as far as what that's going to look like next week or the week after or two months down the line. So When
0: well, you've closed your tourism, right? I, as I understand, Hawaii. We did. Yeah. You, you guys are, the, are staying in your bubble. Keep you, us safe.
1: <laughs> yeah. you. It's closed. You can come and quarantine for two weeks, but who wants to do that? Right. On their Hawaiian vacation. Mm-hmm. Um and we can now inter island travel. So there has been some community spread with that, but it's not as Hawaii's done a really good job of preventing it from getting out of hand. Mm. Yeah.
0: Which is great. That's a blessing.
1: It is. It's also hard because our economy relies really heavily on tourism. So. Right.
0: Yeah. It's a bit of both. I know. It's, it's, that is. So much of the narrative of 2020, though, right? It's just fine. It's so much of we're being pulled in. This is good. I'm, you know, we've been home. I have two kids who are now six and nine, and so we were all home. My daughter said the other night, "It's a lot of family time, mom." <laughs> <It's a laughs> she lot was needing me. her space. We we joke about all the togetherness, like we're all a little over it. Mom yeah. needs, us, mom needs to go travel.
1: <laughs> I love that your daughter said that, though. That's great.
0: We all, you know, try to come at it with humor, but they've also, you know, we can all also acknowledge there's been real blessings in being together this much and just slowing down yeah. and having time to do things together. So I think it's um we all are feeling that. So speaking of children, you're you've also have written or are writing a children's book. Mm-hmm. What's that? Where did that inspiration come from? And what yeah. is what's so... it gonna be?
1: This is where we're talking about everything kind of like culminating into the now. I wrote this children's book maybe three years ago and it's part of a series and without giving away too much of the plot of the first book, it's, um, a series with, that I wanted to have, have more black representation within children's stories in the space of wellness. And so this story and, and travel and nature. So this story is about a, long, a young boy or the series follows a young boy and he goes on adventures in different parts of the world. And um each story kind of ties into like a fruit or vegetable to encourage healthy eating. And then there's a recipe that's kid-friendly at the end through the inve- adventure that also ties into to the storyline. And so I wrote it because health food is also – a privilege unfortunately having access to it and knowing what to do with it and having the education around it healthy eating is is a privilege that a lot of marginalized kids don't don't get and so i wanted to kind of bridge that gap and then um you know nature i i've been talking and thinking about this a lot lately but just how i i grew up with a black dad who like loved nature and more than my white mother which <laughs> we were always camping We were always just everything, anything outdoors, we were there. And I spoke on this recently in one of my posts, but I was always told like these activities were white activities, like hiking or skiing or rock climbing or whatever, and how that is in its language, taking away these activities from black or brown people. And the irony in that, because black and brown cultures are so rooted, indigenous cultures are so rooted in nature. So wanting to see that bridge happen and come back together. And that's really why I wrote these stories. And um, I had interest from a major publisher, but I uh, kind of put it to bed and to rest. And I'm kind of revisiting it now and starting to shop it around again.
0: Great. Yeah. It sounds like the perfect... Bringing together of all of your passions. And yeah, I hope so. <laughs> then you'll have a little one to read it to. Yeah. And you can say like, mom did this. <laughs> she did. <laughs> yeah, which is amazing.
1: <laughs> so yeah, no, I don't know. I'm excited and it's, um, I love the story. So
0: good. Well, it sounds like the world wants to hear it.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll hope so. <laughs>
0: um, so we on this podcast, I, I um, one of the themes I explore is joy, and you know we were talking in the beginning about this clarifying of 2020, and I actually launched Rock Your Joy right as the pandemic was happening. So I was like, okay, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna figure out Rock Your Joy. But it's a perfect time. In a, in some ways, it absolutely is. Yeah. And I think that um, particularly from a spiritual and wellness place. Joy is a really radical and beautiful space that we all can access. Right. So, how are you, what is is what? What is bringing you joy right now? And how are you yeah. expressing it in your life?
1: It shifts how I experience joy, I think, frequently. And, um, like, for instance, yoga was my joy for the longest time. And then I opened the yoga studio and I was so bombarded with yoga that my joy came from like rejecting it every, not the meditative pieces, but like being in a yoga studio or doing the yoga in my personal life. So I started like baking and that's where I was in watching the Great British Baking Show and like finding joy in that. Um And now... With this whole pregnancy, I think moving the needle, so it's, it's not so much, I have to experience joy, but it's like, am I getting through okay is really where I'm at right now, and that's joyous enough because of everything that's going on. My joy as of late has been taking a bath every night with Epsom salt because my back hurts. And then rubbing my feet and my husband rubs my back. And that is like. Beautiful. Just, yes. <laughs> it's bliss. It's ideal. Um, It's getting me through. And also allowing myself to cry and have days of freaking out. Because on the opposite end of that, I feel more joyful when it's all released. And it's, you know, it's been a lot to navigate. I think for everybody this this time and um so yeah my joy right now is dialing down needing to feel happy and joyous as much as i did prior to all of this stuff and just really um relishing in like the bath time (laughs) and the me time because i know i've got two months
0: left and it's just oh it's all different kind of joy (laughs) it's all beautiful yeah it's, yeah. It's the most magical. I will I will say it's, you know, motherhood is you're already experiencing motherhood. You you're in it and it's yeah. just the most beautiful, complicated, magical but full of joy. Yeah.
1: Time. It's funny though because it's 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 really been like I'm trying to be about me in these last few months. Like I normally when I see a baby I'm like, "Oh, give me the baby." Blah, blah, blah. And I've been around babies and I'm just kind of like, "You know what? You take the baby. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just keep yeah. this stretch to myself, you know?
0: That's a great practice though. <laughs> yeah. One one that I hope you'll keep when you have your baby in your arms too. Is yeah. Always remembering you matter. Right, right. It's important. Well, good. Well, this has been lovely and thank you for taking the time out of your your day to chat with me and yeah, share course. about your journey and your vision. And I look forward to... Seeing your book published and hearing all about your beautiful baby when he arrives.
1: Yeah. Thank you for having me on. It's been really lovely to chat too. And
0: thanks. Me too. I'm discuss
1: all the things
0: I'm soaking in your, your Hawaii.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm giving it to you back. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's a really, we're, we're pretty blessed in that
0: regard. It's, it's a pretty magical spot in the world. It very, is. very high energy, very yeah. spiritual, beautiful. Whoa,
1: like whoa, spiritual.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But yeah, thanks, Anya.
0: If you love this podcast, and I so hope you did, please subscribe. That way you'll get real-time updates anytime I post a new episode. Feeling inspired and wanna share the joy? Leave a review so others can find the podcast more easily. Want to hang out more with me? You can find me on the interwebs at www.anyarock.com. That's A-I-N-E-R-O-C-K. And I'm also on Instagram at Anya underscore Healthy Living. Till next time, rock your joy. This episode was produced by Dante32.